What would you do if you were young and you just got engaged and you're totally in love and you think everything's going good, but you don't have the father of the girl's approval? Like he didn't, he didn't improve at all. In fact, he doesn't even like you. What would you do in this situation? Or would you have even asked her to begin with? That is a question. It's one of the several questions we're going to tackle today with my brother, Parker, who's always so good. If you have any questions like that or anything else, could be life or music or relationships or anything at all, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. We'll add it to the queue and we'll get on here and we'll answer them like we're sitting around a campfire and you bring it up. And this is, a, this is a good one. We have some great questions today, and I love to be able to answer them with Parker. I'm also excited because we're touring, and by the time you see this podcast, we will have already done our first big run in the Midwest, which is Kansas and Wyoming and South Dakota, and then we have all kinds of other dates on the, on the books right now. I even saw California in June, which is great because we have such great fans in California. And it's a relief to see that a state that has been through so much trouble over the last year is now opening up for country concerts. I also saw New York, another state that I didn't think we were going to be back to in a while. And I see it on the calendar for this fall. So everybody in between New York and California, we're coming to see you. Get ready. Grangersmith.com is where you can find out all of that information and see if we're coming to your town. If you don't see your town on there yet, on Grangersmith.com, hang tight, keep checking, watching my socials, and we'll be announcing. Because a lot of the dates we've confirmed, but we haven't put them up on the website yet. And we'll wait till they're ready to launch and put tickets on sale and all that kind of stuff. We're also going to be doing meet and greets. So a lot of, a lot of great stuff happening. Such a relief that uh, this great stuff is happening now. So stay tuned for that. And this is a great episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Granger Smith Podcast, episode 81. Yee yee. Roll the intro. is recovering from yee yee day we will rebuild <laughs> it looks like uh we just plowed out in the field yeah out back and it's ready to be ready to spread some seed on it actually i have two 50 pound bags of oats and i thought maybe go throw it out there onto the place where we did all the mudding so what we're talking about is we did yee yee day we celebrated 10 years since the yee yee was first said by us and then five years since we incorporated Yee Yee Apparel. So it, we celebrated Yee Yee Day, and it was, it was pretty amazing. It was, we're going to do it bigger and better next year. 
we tore up so much grass mudding, which is why we have this farm though. Like we, we don't really have this farm to farm hay. You know, we, we have it for content, for mm. inviting influencers, for having fun. I was thinking as uh, everything wound down and uh, Ben, who runs all our social media, and Tyler and I were all in my office and it was in Hayden and it was like 1030. And it was getting late and things were winding down. Everybody had left. And Ben Ben goes, I feel like, you know, when you when you win a big football game in high school, that was like a big rivalry and you're just kind of sitting in the locker room afterwards, <laughs> sitting in front of your locker, just like, wow, that just happened. He goes, that's, that's how I felt. That's <laughs> exactly how I feel. I spent one hour yesterday cleaning my truck and I'm still finding mud in my clothes, in my, like in the inside of my truck is still completely mudded out. Outside is pretty clean. Undercarriage still has mud. I'm still finding mud. In fact, look at the camera right now. Look, look at that. Still finding it. There. Yeah. Like I'm still finding it on the lens of the camera. Okay. We're going to answer some questions today. Parker is one of my favorite guests. Anytime I have you as a guest, our TikTok does really well on the podcast. Yeah, that's showbiz. <laughs> I'm going to go easy on your first one. And if you want to if you want to ask me anything with whatever guest I have on this podcast, we put these out every Monday. You could email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Could be any subject. We had uh, lunch with Pastor Chad the other or no, Pastor Josh. Wait, who do we have lunch with? We have lunch day? with so many pastors trying to learn. Um, um, it was Chad. Yeah. It was Chad because he, he mentioned me on the podcast, and so he's probably listening now. And so I'm a little bit more self-aware of what I'm saying now. But I think we should always speak as if our pastor <laughs> right. is watching. Right. I'm going to go easy with your first question. says, I absolutely love the Smiths podcast and Arise with Amber. Y'all are real down-to-earth people. Thank you, James. says, quick question. Any idea how long till the boots are available? Or how long are the boots available, and are they on the Yee site? So I figured I'd throw you this one it's a little bit of a sore subject uh yeah i think um the company that we partnered with put up a few more pair that were available but i'm not sure how long they're going to be there and, and we're not going to be restocking or doing those so will ye ye get back into the footwear business anytime soon i think um, people are probably wondering that we had a uh we had a call with uh hey dude the other day that everybody loves but i don't think um i don't think they want to work with us so if uh if you have any suggestions of footwear companies that we should work with, let us know. But there's no plans in the near future. Yeah. I mean, I think I think um, having boots on yee.com is awesome. It seems like a good fit, no pun intended. It's not it's not as easy as we thought because you got to either stock all those sizes or have someone do it for you. So it's it's going to be about us finding the right partner. And that kind of leads me to my next question from Ishmael. He says, Howdy Granger, my name is Ishmael. I'm from south of Houston, Texas. And I've been trying to get into my own merchandise, but I really don't know how to start. Would you have any tips? Have a great day. This is for me. It's just a discussion. I do actually see this quite a bit. People saying, I want to start a merchandise company. I want to start e-commerce. I want to start selling some kind of product, but I don't know how to start. That seems to be the question. And so if we could just give a quick answer on how do you start a merchandising company? Yeah. Uh, 
I may have a little bit of a, a pessimistic answer for you, but there's definitely ways to do it. I don't, I don't know if I could start an apparel company from scratch if it was just me and I didn't have some, some influencer, someone who's creating that demand. I was just talking to right. the TikTokers on Friday when they were here who uh, were part of the Tratter gang on TikTok. So shout out to those guys for coming. But I was talking to them and everybody can create a brand these days because everybody can put a logo on a shirt and a hat and call it a lifestyle brand. It's a really cool world we live in, but the hardest thing to do is create that demand and make people care. Yeah. It's like it's like you need a personality, you need a mission, you need a why. And I was talking to those guys, and I was like, man, y'all already created the why. You've created this lifestyle. People love you. Now all you got to do is three things. Number one, you got to create a solid product that's a quality product. Number two, you need to market it in an interesting way, get it in front of eyeballs, and make people care about it. And then number three is have send it to them in a reasonable time and have good customer service with it. So it's like demand product market it and then have decent customer service and boom, there you go. Sometimes you can have just a couple of those things and be a successful business. But you know, the goal is to have all four in my opinion, but man, to that guy wondering how to do it. um, Some people can do it without that initial demand or, or X factor. You have if, to be really smart if and have you, a really, really good product if, if you, you don't, don't have uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. you got to make up for it in one of those ways. So th- uh, I would just go over that and be like, how can I create a product that's different than everybody else that's worth remarking about and makes it remarkable? And how can I how can I market it in an interesting way that's different that's um, interesting? Yee Yee Apparel started essentially as Granger Smith Merchandise, the band. And we started that because we needed, we weren't making very much money playing concerts. So say, say we make 500 bucks. That was kind of the average price we used to get paid back in the day, 500 bucks. But we have, we're traveling with seven people. So you divide 500 by seven and you're barely paying for gas. So we needed another income source. So we started selling t-shirts, printing those hats. And then if we could make two or 300 bucks, a night selling t-shirts and hats and CDs, then that would help pay for the fuel and maybe a hotel room and just get us down the road. So that's how it started. And and then as that grew and as our passion for that grew, it turned into its own entity, its own apparel company. So without that, take that away, take touring away, take the band aspect away. Gosh, it would be really hard just to start a brand. A lot of people do it. Um, I would say if you're, if you're going to ask for one, way to do it. I would say social media, start on social media, maybe just start with memes, start with a catchphrase. That's really funny. That gets popular on social media, easier said than done and run with that catchphrase until it gets to be popular enough in some circles that you could make a shirt and sell the shirt. I heard someone say the other day that if your first question is how much money can I make off of this, then you're already going to fail. Some people can succeed doing that. But the first question is, how can I provide value? Yeah. Where is there something in the market that I can I can fill a need and I can serve people? And then in exchange, there will be money in exchange for that. Um, it's amazing switching that mindset to service instead of, instead of me, me, me. How could I add value and watch that, that value come back to you tenfold? It's crazy how that happens, but it does. Yeah. Here's a dog question. It says, hey, Granger, not sure if you're going to see this or not, but my husband and I are researching German short-haired pointer dogs and are considering getting one soon. We're concerned because we, we want kids in our near future. And there's mixed reviews about GSPs with young kids. I was wondering if you had any personal input. 
Uh, we're the type of people that want to take our time and train it right and give it proper exercise. And we understand they have a high energy level and especially around children. So hoping to hear back. So I can answer this directly to Carrie because I have two GSPs and I have dogs. I mean, I have kids. So man, I love GSPs. They are amazing dogs for kids. They're your typical bird dog, which falls into the category of Labrador retrievers, golden retrievers. These bird dogs have high energy, but they're just the sweetest, um, the sweetest personalities. We also have a Vishla, which is another bird dog. So yeah, high energy. The only risk you have with children and bird dogs is literally, this is it. The, the dog knocking a toddler over because they're wagging their tail too hard <laughs> or, you, you know, like that's the only risk you're going to have around kids. You're never going to have an aggression problem. You're, they're always going to be protective of your kids. And so I cannot, I cannot recommend a GSP enough. You but, always, you always hold Luna, who is your, who is your newest GSP, uh, on her back, cradling her in your arms. Yeah. And I was at my buddy Gus's house this weekend and his wife had their, uh, they have a sheep-a-doodle, sheepdog, mm-hmm. half sheepdog, half poodle. And she was holding him just like that. And he was just sleeping on her shoulder. And then Gus said that whenever they're puppies, I always grab them by their back like that. And then the ones that squirm and we got to get out, I'd, I'd, I'd f- try to find the ones that are calm and have a calm demeanor. And he said, it's always worked out for our family where we always get a really well-tempered dog. You can kind of tell like instinctually the ones that are calm when you put them on their back. And I was like, that's so funny because Granger does the same thing. Yeah, you could do that, but you could do that with any puppy. So even the wild alpha of the litter, you could grab that one and they're going to squirm, 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 but you just hold them in, in, in a dominant way, firmly, securely, but gently. And any any of the alphas will do the same thing. Eventually they just submit and they go, okay, you got me. Mm, okay. And then, so that's what I was doing with Luna. Cause she, it, when I first would flip Luna over and hold her on her back, cradle her like a baby, she wouldn't like it. And she would, you know, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And then finally I was just talking to her in a calm voice. And she would just eventually learn this is a safe spot. Relax. You're under control. And that's a good thing. So I could still do it with Remy. I could still do it with, uh, all three of them actually. Okay. Getting a little bit deeper, this question is from Ezra. It says, hey, Granger, I'm a big fan of the podcast. My name is Ezra from Lincoln, California. I have a big problem. I need some advice on about me and my woman. We recently got engaged, and I really want to get her father's blessing, but he always refused to meet me, and he thinks, and I quote, he has tattoos, and he is the devil, and he's never even met me. I love my fiance more than anything in the world, and I want to be welcomed into her family. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything I could think of. Any advice would be great. And this this is interesting, Ezra. Thank you for thank you for emailing, and thank you. You know, shout out to California, Lincoln, California. I have an answer for you that you're probably not going to like. This is coming from not only your perspective as a fiance, but also as a father of a daughter. Um, here's what I'm going to say. And like I said, you're not going to like this, but let me repeat your words. I have a problem. I recently got engaged. I really wanted her father's blessing, but he always refused to meet me. So I think that's a problem right off the bat. 
there's no there was no rush to get engaged without the father's approval. And so how would you feel? How would I feel? How would any father feel if he's not sure about this guy? He's not sure if he approves. He hasn't met him yet. And he goes ahead and just proposes and gets engaged anyway. Well, that's not going to help the matter. And, and this is regardless of what kind of guy is. Like maybe the guy's a total jerk. And maybe he's just a punk. And he might be. But maybe he's also, maybe he's a good guy. My advice to you, if you really want his blessing and you love her more than anything in the world, like you said, and you want to be welcomed into her family and you say you've tried everything, I'll give you one thing you haven't tried. Here it is. Take the ring back off her finger. Put it back in your sock drawer. Call the dad on the phone and just say, Mr. So-and-so, I just want to tell you that I called off the engagement. And it's not because of a lack of love. I actually love your daughter more than anything. Stronger than I've ever felt in my life. And I just want to let you know that I've, I've canceled the engagement for the sake of you. And, and regardless of what he says at the time, end the conversation there. Then I want you to go and you want to get a notepad out. And I want you to write a letter to him stating exactly your intentions with his daughter. How are you going to take care of her? How you love her? What your future is going to look like with her? Where you're going to live? What job you plan on having? List everything out and make it like a contract and sign your name. And at the very end say, I don't want to go through with anything else until I could see you face to face. So I'm planning on coming to you at this time. Signed, Ezra. Mail it to him and wait. Yeah, I couldn't say any better than that. Hard to tell without context. As a lot of these questions are, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if you really love her, you really care about her, you're going to care about, you know, I mean, you're setting yourself up for a lot of of potential drama and heartache and unnecessary uh, drama if you're starting off the marriage like that with that on that that footing with her, her family. It's different if you're saying... Man, the guy's he's abusive, he's terrible, mm-hmm. he's an addict. My wife my girlfriend's just trying to get away from him. It's that's different, but I don't think you're saying that. Uh and so like I said, coming from a, a father of a daughter, uh, one of these days I'm gonna look for I'm gonna look for a son in law that is that cares enough, that loves enough my daughter, that he's willing to do whatever it takes to prove that to me. And I think, I think that that letter, that phone call and canceling, you're not really canceling. You're just postponing the engagement. You're taking the ring off her finger and, uh, and sit back and wait and have patience. And you might want to say in there somewhere, I'll wait as long as it takes. What that would prove a lot I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait years if it takes. If it takes two years, and inside you're you're hearing this podcast going, dude, I can't wait two years. You crazy? No way. Can't wait. I love her. Well, that's my thought. Right back in, Ezra. See if you. I want to see what happens. <laughs> Let's go to. I wonder how old he was. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of stuff in here that we don't know. 
But here's another question that's kind of daughter related. It says, Granger, and this is from, let's see, this is from Jeff from Illinois. It says, Granger, my question is, you've often said on the Smiths that you would not want your daughter London to grow up to be a singer due to the volatile nature of the music industry. Have you ever feared gaining too much success and fame? And with all the stressors that come along with that, obviously you want to be successful and make the best music you can, but with more success would most likely bring more fame. Another way to ask the question would be, have you ever feared getting lost in the music industry and losing touch with who you are? He says, thanks for all you do, Granger. Your music saves people. Yee Yee, Jeff from Illinois. It's an awesome question. I get similar questions to this, and I answer it this way. I always want to surround myself with people that can keep me grounded, which is why my brother's my manager, which is why this brother here, Parker, is the CEO of Yee Apparel. These guys, my tour managers is a 20 plus year best friend. My band has all been with me over 10 years. So I'm surrounding myself with people that can constantly keep me grounded and staying away from people that become yes men and do whatever I say, just because I'm saying it. And I don't want that. Nobody really wants that deep down because that's what, that's where the corruption comes from. Uh, the second thing I would say is you have to always be careful with how you define success. He says, obviously, you want to be successful in the music business, but what is successful? What is success? It's always defined differently. Like, is my idea of success as many hit singles or as many sold-out tour dates as humanly possible in a record level, stacked and stacked and stacked back to back to back so that I could hang plaques on the wall or is my success come more from how you ended the email your music saves people like what if i ranked it that way what if i ranked my success by jeff from illinois says your music saves people instead of your music sets records because whatever the end goal is that's going to be a, a very different path that i'm taking and i'd like to think the path i'm taking revolves more around trying to live a meaningful life and trying to inspire through the platform that has been given to me by this community. It's one of the most common questions and one of the biggest topics that people talk about and you hear all the time, especially in the music industry, but really in this world that we live in any type of influencer, the idea is how can you get, how can you get fame and a following and not lose yourself along the way? It's like the oldest story of mankind. Yeah. And it's like asking, you know, how, how do you not lose yourself along the way? Or do you not want to get too big? It's like, I think that's just a lack of confidence in your own, in your own, uh, you know, morals, in your own, you know, f foundation of who you are. I think it's definitely possible to, to get popular and, and keep your morals along the way and continue to help people. I think the biggest thing is, is remembering your why. Yeah. And, and if, if your why is to get as much money as possible and to be as famous as possible, then maybe it will be a little bit more difficult to stay grounded along the way. But if your, your purpose is to, you know, fulfill God's plan for your life and something bigger than yourself and to, and to genuinely help people, then it's probably a little bit easier as you grow to know that, you know, nothing, none of it's coming from anything that you're doing. It's just God's plan for your life. And you're just trying to 
do as much as you can while you're here. Yeah. And you talk about morals. If you want to uphold, uphold morals in any career that you're doing, you really need, you have to, it's imperative. You find out what your moral basis is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like where, where are your morals coming from? Are they coming from good vibes, good philosophy? Are they coming from parents? Are they coming from law enforcement? Like you, you have good morals cause you don't want to break the law cause you don't want to go to jail or you don't want to pay a fine. Me personally, my morals are coming from the Bible read as it is as a historical document written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses that claim supernatural events that fulfilled ancient prophecies that were inspired by God. That's where my morals come from, from what those words say. I don't always want to follow those morals. Like my flesh, my body, I don't want to break them, you know, a lot of times, but I don't because the fear of God and the faith of God, which means taking it, taking the word of God as truth, the way it's written. I, I, I want less and less to be successful in the music business in a, in a form of plaques and records and uh, chart topping statistics. And I want more and more to be successful in the music business by changing one life at a time for the better. I don't, I don't always succeed in that, but that's, that's my why. That's why I'm striving to do this. That's why I have a podcast. I don't really want to do this podcast every Monday. You know, I don't do it just because I'm like, man, it's going to be great. I just really want to sit in here and sit in a hot room on a stool and get a microphone every single Monday and put this. I don't, I mean, I I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but that's not why I do it. I don't do it because I love talking on a microphone in an empty room and hoping people listen to it. What's the old saying? You don't rise to the level of your goal as you fall to the level of your standards. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. I was reading this morning in uh, Galatians and Paul was listing out um, particular sins. And one of the sins that he list- listed was selfish ambition. I thought that was very interesting. That just popped out to me. like Selfish ambition, bold. selfishness, selfish ambition almost falls in every single category of when Paul starts talking about sins. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that falls right into it. What's the ambition for? What's the yeah. fame for? What are you doing it for? Is and it selfish or is it not? And it's crazy when Paul writes that 2,000 years ago, it, how it could just be 2021 to a T. That's what's so crazy about it. Humans don't change. Mm-mm. Let's see if we can get a quick one in here before break. Uh, I see Jordan Peterson in this one. I don't think that's going to be quick. Let me read what that says. It says, hey, Granger, my name is Jake McPherson. I'm 21 years old. I live in Golston, North Carolina. Shout out to North Carolina. Currently listening to your podcast while writing this. I was wondering, what's your favorite series from Jordan Peterson? Also, any advice giving to someone who's starting a business? I really appreciate any kinds of words of inspiration. And wisdom you pass on. Hope you have a great day. God bless. We were just talking about Jordan Peterson before we turned on the podcast here to record. And um, I got turned on to Jordan through 12 Rules for Life. I don't remember. Was it me that found him first, maybe? I don't remember out of the three brothers who found him first. I feel like that was me. I found him somewhere. No, I sent it. I sent. Did you find it? Yeah, I sent 12 Rules for Life to you. So... 
I haven't read the 12 more rules and you, there's a lot to take away from Jordan. That's, that's really, really good. And there's a few things that you go, he doesn't have it all figured out yet. Not that I'm any smarter than him. He's an absolute brilliant man. But he kind of goes back to the first question. He, he doesn't have – the foundation of his morals are solely on philosophy of man. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I would encourage anyone that's listening to Jordan to be wary of where Jordan's morals and foundation is coming from. Because he is still working that out. He's probably the first one to admit it. He's a brilliant speaker, brilliant writer, um, brilliant psychiatrist. But he is still working things out in his own life. And look at the fruits of where Jordan is now. He's, he's a struggling man. So, yes, listen to him. Um, he has some great stuff on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer the, my very favorite thing that stood out to me that changed my life for the better from Jordan was his idea of cleaning up your room. Yeah. And when you clean up your – don't go try to change the world, 17-year-old. You can't go change you know, the political world, the spectrum, and go stand out in the streets and stand up for you know, whatever cause you think you're going to change the world for. It's like, is your, is your room clean? Yeah. Is your bathroom clean? Yeah. Did you clean off that stack of papers off your desk? And it's like, yeah, it'd be great if you could lose 80 pounds and start the business you've always wanted and start waking up at 6 a.m. But a lot of times it's easy to get overwhelmed and you're just setting yourself for, up for failure. So he says, have the humility to set the bar properly low. So it's like having an honest conversation with yourself and asking yourself, what am I willing to do right now? You know, your subconscious is not just your slave that you can boss around. It's like looking around honestly and saying, okay, well, maybe I could clean up you know, that dirty laundry in the corner over there that's been there for a week and a half. And a lot of times those tiny improvements, what he means by cleaning up your room is those tiny improvements snowball. And if you improve your life 1% at a time, then in three years, you got a completely different life if you do that every day. That really stuck with me. Let's take a quick break and then get back and talk a little bit more about Jordan. It's worth it. This podcast is brought to you free of charge. By a couple of different sponsors. One of them is Headspace. And wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, be better? And there is. If you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the forms of guided meditation and easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever your situation, Headspace really can make you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. So important in this world today. If you need help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members will swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you could do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Now, I've used Headspace for a long time now, including the times that I started talking about it on this podcast. It is not spiritual. It is not any kind of uh, strange Eastern religion. This is just relaxing and 
this app will allow you to stop thinking about everything that's going on or what you're doing tonight or what you're doing tomorrow or planning. It could just read you a book if you want. It could just give you a little nighttime story if you want. It could just give you some nice nature sounds, anything that you could pop some headphones on and relax a little bit. It's been backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads speaks for itself. It's easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Granger. That's headspace.com slash Granger for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Granger today. Podcast today is also brought to you by Candid. Are you unhappy with your smile? You don't have to be. Thousands of people use Candid, the clear, comfortable, removable, and practically invisible aligners to help strengthen their teeth. And now they love their smile. Just like a friend of mine that works here at Yee Yee Apparel that's gone through Candid and used to be so embarrassed by his smile, so embarrassed, didn't, didn't want to show his teeth ever, went through this program, and now he finds so much confidence in just smiling again. Candid's here to help straighten your teeth so you can fall in love with your smile too. Yeah, your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. You'll have the same quality and care as you'd get in, in an in-office orthodontist from the comfort and convenience of your own home. You don't have to sit in one of those weird chairs or make appointments or drive all the way across town to go to the dentist. It's so much better to do it this way. And while the other companies use general, quote, dentist, Candid only works with orthodontist. With Candid, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish, and you never have to wonder how you're doing. The average Candid treatment is just six months. That's nothing. So you'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. That I'm at, Can you imagine back in the day, braces cost so much money? The technology now with Candid... To spend way less and do it in your own home is just amazing. So become your best you. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, you could save $75 on Candid Starter Kit. Go to Candid C, excuse me, CandidCO.com slash Granger. Let me say that again and get it right. CandidCO.com slash Granger. Use the code Granger. That's CandidCO.com slash Granger. Code Granger, take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. Candid, that's C A N D I D, C O.com slash Granger, Code Granger. So, going back to the conversation with Jordan Peterson, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about this this morning because we live in a society now that there's like this famous saying that says, be the change you want to see in the world, right? And the idea Jordan has, and the idea I really agree with too, is that when you see a problem in the world, what we should be seeing is the problems in ourself. Because we're so quick to look at the world and go, it's so messed up. I'm, gonna, I'm not that messed up, but the world is. And so I'll just shine brighter so that it reflects into the world. Instead of saying what Jordan would believe. I'm looking at the world. It has problems. And I go home and my, my bedroom is dirty. And that's a, a tiny microcosm of the world is my, my sink. Like my sink has toothpaste drops on it. Right? So 
What if I started right here cleaning the toothpaste drops off of my own sink and tackling a small task in my garage that's in the corner of the garage that's, that's a mess and I started organizing that? And then what if everyone in the world did that? You truly would have a good place. Yeah. But there's a little bit slight of a difference in the way you look at the world. The world, everyone's going to look at the world and see problems. Like that's unanimous. Everyone that's alive goes, the world's not perfect. It has a lot of problems. But seldom do we look at ourselves and go, and I'm part of it. I'm contributing to it. Yeah, you might not be a murderer or a thief, but you're a slob and you're, you're lazy and you, you, you eat too much. We're all guilty of these things. And so if we all work on ourselves and see ourselves as part of the collective problem, then we could truly start correcting on a massive level when it starts at a micro level. Those are the things that Jordan thinks about <laughs> relentlessly. And I enjoy listening to him. Yeah, the fundamental message is those things that seem insignificant, that are small, that you think aren't going to affect anybody or do anybody any good, are the most important things that you can do. It's such an inspiring message because he's like, have the humility to set the bar properly low. What's one small thing you can do today to improve your life? And then by doing it, having faith that it will compound and you will not only change your life in three years, he says every person in their lifetime comes into contact with about a thousand people, the average person. Each one of those people comes in contact with another thousand people. So every man or woman is one step from a million people. It's like those insignificant things that you're doing have the potential to change the world rather than going out and trying to change the world. It's yeah. kind of a paradox. It is a paradox. If you want to learn more about Jordan, uh, just YouTube him. And see, I would probably rank it on the most popular videos and on YouTube and just that's you can get a quick introduction to who he is and, and what he talks about. Be careful though. He's not perfect, as you know, none of us are, but he has flaws. A lot of those clinical psychologists, I was just talking to a buddy about this, they a uh they're extremely intelligent, but then a lot of them end up in severe, severe depression because they're so intelligent and they go searching for the meaning of life and many of them do not believe in a higher power. And so when you go searching for the meaning of life and your, your heart is closed off to, to Christ, then it's a scary, it's yeah. a scary, uh, tunnel. It is. Next question title girls and God seems like a decent transition. Shout out to any over the road truckers that are listening. don't know why I just thought about that, but I do know we have a lot of over the road truckers that listen to this podcast. And I think that's a great place to listen to this podcast where they're commuting to work or driving a tractor, or driving an a over-the-road truck. Um, shout out to that. This question says, girls and God, Hey Granger, this is Sean from Philadelphia. I have an issue and I'm not sure how to go about it. I don't know if you know what a simp is, but I've been called a simp all through high school. I've always had a spot in my heart for girls, and I've always been rejected by girls. I thought that every time this was going to be a sure bet, the last one especially was especially hard for me because my best friend became her boyfriend despite knowing my feelings for her that just recently broke up. So I thought it was just my opportunity. I waited for a few months after the breakup, then confessed my feelings for her. During the relationship, she was my best friend. 
and now she is afraid of hurting me. Do you have any advice for how I could show devotion for her? I've been praying about this, but nothing seems to be happening. Thanks for your podcast and yee yee. How old is he? It doesn't say. I'm assuming Sean's pretty young. What is a simp? <laughs> a simp is somebody who puts girls on a pedestal ah. and is always complimenting them and treating them as a queen and that they're not worthy. And yeah. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> well, that seems like a problem. Yeah. Uh, I have a thought. One thing that, that really helped me was this idea when uh, George Clooney was struggling with uh, getting acting roles in big movies. Um, he calls it the tyranny of being picked. And it's the idea every time he'd go into an audition, he was really nervous and was just thinking, man, I hope I get this part. I hope I'm lucky enough to get it. I hope I impress this director. I really hope he likes me. I need this so bad. And one day it just hit him when he was just getting failure after failure. And he said, he said, when I think about it, this director has a big problem. He has to find somebody for this role. That's going to be perfect for it. And so if I put myself in his shoes, it's like, he's got to go through all these different candidates and try to find the perfect person. So George started thinking, I'm going to go in instead of hoping I get picked, I'm going to go into it. Like I'm solving this problem for him. And not to say that we should just, blindly tell ourselves that we're going to be solving the problem for a girl and you don't want to get ego driven or overconfident with it. But it's this idea of like, work on yourself enough, work on your faith, your purpose, your mission, get your life in order. And then you generally will feel more confident in yourself and say, you know, every girl is looking for that perfect father of her children. If you try to become that best version of yourself, then you will be in a better position to say, you know, I'm helping you solve this problem rather than, oh, I hope, please, God, let her pick me. <sighs> totally agree. Totally agree. Sean, I, this is one of these times, and I always look at these questions as like we're sitting around a campfire, me, you, and Parker, and you're like, hey, guys, can I tell you something that's been bothering? I always look at this podcast as that kind of situation. And if we were sitting in a campfire, I'd say, Sean, lay off the girls for a little bit. Especially if people call you a simp, then maybe they're recognizing, and I'm not laughing at all at you. I'm, I'm laughing because to me, it seems obvious that you need a little bit of a break and you need, you need to do more guy things with more guys and develop yourself. And it sounds to me, this email sounds like you're desperate for a girlfriend, not for the girl. Mm. And to be desperate for a girlfriend is going to just lead to failure every time. So buddy, um, it's going to happen for you. It's going to, I don't know many people in my life that besides my older brother, my middle brother, Tyler, that just literally don't find anybody <laughs> for a long time. But that's because Tyler doesn't try, but I don't, what I'm trying to say is I don't know very many people that go through an entire life and come old and gray and go, 
I just never found anybody. I just never did. The whole time of I was alive, I didn't find anybody compatible. It's just, you're going to find somebody, Sean. You're going to. It's going to happen, and you can't will it into happening. You can't try hard enough to make it happen. And you've seen too many movies like The Notebook, and you've seen too many chick flicks where the guys are willing it to happen by romance and by saying the right things. But in the, the, the reality is, if you just be yourself, you're going to attract your girl by being you. Not by saying the right things or being the right romantic person that you think they want or being afraid or being... You just be you and you're, you're going to attract your girl. Because even if you tried hard... You can't keep that act up forever, and if you just tricked a girl into a relationship because you said the right things, eventually you're going to fall back into being you, and she's going to figure that out. So it's better just to be you from the beginning. And if she doesn't like you, or if you're having to overwork yourself and overthink, and who is the type of person I need to be to get this girl back, it's like, that's not the right girl for you. The, no. girl, the girl for you is the girl that's going to love you for who you are. True confidence is not about always saying the right thing or showing the perfect body language, but it's about knowing the most important thing in this situation is that you'll be okay no matter what and coming to the realization that, Hey, even if I don't find a girl, I'll still be okay because God alone is <sighs> so sufficient true. in my life. And when you come to that conclusion, that is going to put off a type of energy and confidence that's going to attract any type of girl that you want. The type of man that is independent enough to say, I don't have to have a girl to, I, to define myself. Because I know that I'll be okay no matter what. And even if you say the wrong thing, but if you're being yourself, and people, if you say, if you, if you speak your truth and you speak from the heart and you're yourself, even if people may view that as weak, you know that, and they reject you for it, you know that you'll never reject yourself because you're, you're being who you are and you know that you'll be okay no matter what. I want to tell you something, Sean, and this might not be easy to hear, but... Let me read back what you said. You wanted this girl, then they broke up, and you said, I waited a few months after the breakup, then confessed my feelings for her. For her. During their relationship, she was my best friend, so now she's afraid of hurting me. Buddy, that's language for she just doesn't, she don't want to do this. And, and I know that's not what you want to hear, but her being afraid to hurt you means she doesn't want to date you. That's just, that's the reality because if she liked you, she wouldn't care. She wouldn't care about hurting you because she would feel like she's not going to hurt you. You know what I mean? She'd feel like you're the one and there is no fear of hurting you. So that just means, that means no. So time to move on. And that's not bad. There's, there's 3.5 billion girls in this world. So you don't want to hear that, but that's just me on the outside looking in. There's just one girl and she's not the one you thought she was. She's not. Okay. I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate you writing. I'm sorry that if I was harsh, um, but I truly want the best for you because you're, you're writing into this podcast and I, w I don't want to lead you astray and I wouldn't want to tell you something just to make it sound nice and pretty for everyone else and make you feel good and warm and fuzzy and me tell you be a knight in shining army and go get her. If you want her, Sean, go get her. Write her a letter. No, don't do that. The only letter that should be written after this podcast is the one due to the father-in-law. <laughs> That's the letter. Yeah. Not you, Sean. Who wants to be with a girl that doesn't want to be with them? Nope. 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 
Um, okay, Parker, we got we got a couple more, so I'll throw it out to you. New father advice, urgent relationship <laughs> advice, two country versus two Christian, Canadian boy on his own. Any of those stand out to you? Let's do uh, two country versus two Christian since we just got done with the relationship one. Two country versus two Christian. Here we go. Hey, Granger, my name is Natalie, and I'm a big fan from Denver, PA. My best friend and I were supposed to see you in Lancaster six days after PA shut down last March, so we're really hoping that you can make it back to the area soon. First, I want to thank you and Amber and your whole family and brand for being such inspirations. I appreciate you using your platform to honor God and tell others about Him. Anyway, to my question, I consider myself a country girl. I love hunting, fishing, pretty much anything outside, and I'm still single. I'm looking for a country guy with similar interest. My faith is super important to no, me. It did turn into relationships. It did. It went back to relationships. I have a degree in biblical studies, and I love having deeper conversations about the Bible. My problem is that, I, that it always seems like I'm too country for church guys and too Christian or too good for country guys. I can't seem to find the balance of country and Christian. Whenever I talk about this with other, other church people, I get the advice that I'm being too picky. But just as long as a, a, a guy truly loves Jesus and is seeking to live for him, that we can make it work. And I shouldn't worry too much about trying to find a country guy. While I agree with that, his love for the Lord has to be top priority. I don't agree that that's all I should be looking for. I was wondering what your thoughts are, if you had any advice, and if your brothers ever experience a similar problem. They seem to have it all figured out, the right balance between country and Christian. So how do they handle it? Thanks so much. Have a great day. Natalie. Two country. That's interesting. Verse two Christian. Yeah. Two country for the church guys, two Christian for the country guys. The country guys. What, since when are the country? We don't have any country guys that are Christian. Since when is that? I know a lot of them. Where is she from? Pennsylvania. No, yeah, Pennsylvania. Denver, Pennsylvania. First of all, you should never consider changing who you are for a particular. Just because you haven't found the person. Yeah, yet. take dude, take away, take away that word picky right there. You, you, has, you said you have people that they give you advice that you're being too picky. No, stop that. You, you're perfectly, perfectly reasonable to be picky for picking your soulmate. Yeah, that's the most important. It's the second most important decision of your life. Uh, and I think that's just the first thing that girls go to once they're like 24 and their friends are all getting married. Yeah. It's like, maybe I'm too picky. Maybe I'm this, maybe I'm that. It's like, you don't have to. It's okay. You're right where you need to be. Imagine yourself, visualize yourself in the courtroom, getting, signing those divorce papers and thinking to yourself, I should have been more picky. (laughs) Yeah. Visualize that, Natalie. Yeah. It's the, the grandfather of your grandkids. It's the person you spend your rest of your life with. So looking for the grandfather of your grandkids. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I I think about that sometimes too. It's like when enough time goes by, then you, you can't help but wonder, maybe I am being too specific at what I'm looking for, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like when you know, you know, and are you, you know, are you putting yourself in situations to meet that guy? Like I sent you a video the other day of, you know, are, uh, are you going to, you know, the, are you, are you putting yourselves in the right places to, to meet that guy that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would, I would write down, what are the non-negotiables that I'm looking for? 
and the father of my children and the man that I want to marry? And where would that type of man be? And not necessarily that you're going to those places looking for him and everything that you're doing, but just having honest conversation with yourself and saying, you know, am I looking in the right places for this? And are you getting out of your comfort zone enough to put yourself in a position to potentially meet him? Like you're not going to, you're not going to meet, you know, your soulmate sitting on the couch every night and never going out and meeting new people and getting involved in your community and serving and going to church and trying out different churches. Uh, you're always just one going, trying one new coffee shop away from meeting him. Yeah. I've also seen Natalie firsthand that, well, let me say this first. Don't compromise on the Christian part because that's way harder to fix and not your responsibility. But you may be able to compromise on the country part. Let me explain. Yeah, how country are you? (laughs) Yeah, let me explain. I've seen firsthand a lot of friends that are not country at all that when we start here at Yee Yee, we start introducing them to hunting, fishing, doing things outside. They're like, Wow, this is a lifestyle I could get behind. I love this. I love it. So maybe, what I'm trying to say is maybe you find one of these guys that's a good guy, a good solid Christian guy, but he wears penny loafers and slacks. And you and you like everything else about him. And you're like, why don't you try that and go, hey, have you ever tried fishing? And he's like, no, actually I haven't. And you're like, well, I love it. You Would you like to go on a date and go fishing? And maybe he gets out there and he starts you know, putting a worm on a hook and he catches his first bass and he goes, I actually love this. I could do this every day. You never know. That easily could happen. So that's one area you might be able to compromise. After a few dates, you'll figure that out. So if if you take him fishing and he's like, this is disgusting, get me back to Starbucks so I could have a latte, then you know what you're dealing with and that's the last date you have with him. But you know what I mean? You can compromise in that area and you could show a city boy the country and be pleasantly surprised. There's a lot of city boys that get out in, on a four-wheeler and they're like, I'm never going back to concrete again after this day. This is the most fun I've ever had. You know what? One, one way that I've met a lot of new people has been going to different churches. And there's just so many different people in churches, especially if you go to Bible studies. It's just so easy to meet people. You have a, you, you and I have lunches with people two or three times a week, meeting new people and with mutual friends. And we was talking about those weak ties versus the hard ties. Like the hard ties are the people in your life that you see every day that like are family or your best friends. But then there's those weak ties of the people that maybe you've seen once or twice. It's like ask them out to lunch and go and just talk with them. And even if it's just a friend. And then they may have a friend or a friend of a friend, or they may invite you over for cards one night or something and just continually putting yourself out there every week and expanding your network. That's how you're going to find him. Hang in there, Natalie. And we'll see you in Lancaster, Pennsylvania soon. We'll be back. We're starting to tour up soon. We'll be, we love to go to Pennsylvania. So maybe we'll see you there. We could talk about this in person. Um, Let's go to another question. And I'm trying to, trying to look at where we can go urgent relationship advice i mean should we go there i mean or should we try to go to how about this one how about this one it says you're a very spiritual man what are some books you would recommend 
not even just spiritual books, but what are some good books you like to read for life lessons or just to relax or read or whatever it may be. We have, we have a reader that's asking where to consume more books. To Parker, on top of your head, where do you think? Um, I've, I've been behind in my uh, regular book reading. For the last four months, all I've been reading is the Bible morning and night, and I'm trying to finish the New Testament. And now I understand what mom was talking about when I'd ask her what her favorite book was. She said the Bible. I've just been kind of in that recently. but um, So maybe Miracle Morning, if they're asking? Yeah, if you're looking for personal development, I think the Miracle Morning changed my life completely for the better. Um, And then... Maybe we go Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life, since we already talked about it once on this podcast, but it is a staple. It's a little bit of a beast, you, but it's it's a good read, and it's, you you ask for, is that me? Mm-hmm. I got a cameo. Sorry, I have a cameo. I, that's my alarm for cameos, so if you, if you ever need... Uh, oh, no, that's not a cameo. That's pick the kids up at school. Oh. <laughs> Are you supposed to be at the school now, or is that leave? To and then pick I have up the a cameo kids? in 37 minutes. I got alarms all on my phone. So for cameo, which you can find me at cameo.com, it's a good plug for them, a good place for a plug. But yeah, I got to leave in about just a few more minutes, but plenty of time, plenty of time. Um, I love Atomic Habits. That's yes, another really, really good, good one. one. Oh, I didn't know you read that one. Yeah, yeah. I love I love small habits that compound over time that change your life. It's totally. something everybody can do on a daily basis. Totally. Totally. So yeah, there you go, Casey. Um, let's go to, I'm going to go to Canadian boy on his own. We've got a few minutes left. It says, Hey Granger, my name is Noah. I'm from Kinswick, Ontario, Canada. I'm 21 years old, currently working towards achieving my journeyman ticket and red seal for local 95 heat and frost insulators union. The reason I'm emailing you is because you've always been an inspiration to me and I value your views and opinions very highly. Just recently got kicked out of my house from my family due to disagreements on certain views. I've been working full time since I was 17, the union and in the union and earned my high school diploma while doing so. I also hope one day to start my own ranch and hopefully raise my kids on it. My family, however, makes me feel like I'm not going anywhere in life and constantly puts me down. I was wondering if you had any ideas on how to keep my head up and keep striving forward. Your podcast has really helped me through the past month when I'm feeling down and not appreciated. From north of the border, yee yee cheers, Noah. Thanks for, thanks for that, Noah, and shout out to Ontario, north of the border. Brene Brown comes to mind as another author, going back to the book question. And what's that, what's Brene's like big book that we all read about being vulnerable? I don't know. I can't remember. Well, then it comes up great for Noah here. Um, Noah, you are, you're not alone, man. And this is unfortunately such a common common question and common problem that, uh, that people run into. And I'm trying, let me see. I'm looking this up. There's daring greatly. Yeah. Daring greatly. Look up daring greatly. Brene Brown. That's B R E N E. Um, 
it's, it's a great book and it's, it's for people like you, Noah, that are feeling like you're, uh, being constantly put down and don't really fit in. Um, which is also what I love, by the way, of Yee Nation, that people like you, Noah, fit into Yee Nation. You're with us. So if your family's kicking you out and putting you down and making you drag, remember that you're still part of our family and you're part of Yee Nation and you're part of a group that thinks like you and acts like you. And remember that you're part of that family. Um, I hate I hate that you're so young and you're dealing with this, but... You sound like you got a lot going on, man. You're in the union. Um, you got your high school diploma while working. You're 21 years old. And what you seem like you have a lot going on except for your family's support. So this is the harder, harder way to answer this question. Give them grace. Give them space. Don't worry about them, but don't be argumentative with them. Like, don't go in and go, you don't understand me. You'll never understand me. Just go, hey, guys, it's Noah. I um, I know that you don't understand me that well, but I just want to tell you that I love you guys no matter what because you're my family. It's really hard to argue that. It's really hard to get mad at that. And just be be yourself. We This, this has kind of been the theme of this podcast today is be yourself. Don't try to don't try to fit in. Um, it's unfortunate. Shame on your family for for kicking you out. And I know that you miss them, but you're not the first one to go out out on this journey uh, alone from your family. What do you think, Bart? That's tough. I think it it depends on the reasons that you're being kicked out. It's hard to tell again from us not having all of the the uh, context. But like Granger said, I think. You know, having the wherewithal to to ask yourself genuinely, what wh- is this worth it? Of you know, potentially, potentially, who knows how long of this disagreement between you and your family that's separating you. You know, family can be so important in life, and I can't imagine what you're going through. But then, ask like, is it over politics? Is it over something trivial, or is it something super substantial that's like life changing? Um, it's hard for me to say without having context, but potentially being the bigger man and saying, you know, I love you guys, even though we disagree on this topic or that topic, or maybe it's, maybe it's everything. <laughs> or I don't you, know. could, you could, you could go on a path and try to prove them wrong. It says your family's always trying to tell you that you're nothing. Prove them wrong. Well, make yeah. That, make that your energy. Make that your focus. Yeah. If that's the case, then uh, do it all out of love. Love you guys. And um, But I got to do what's best for me. We're running out of time here, Noah, but I appreciate all you guys for emailing. If you want more Parker, put in the comment section, more Parker, more Parker. Send your questions to grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. We'll continue to go through these and discuss them like a campfire. And if you want to hear more about Yee Yee Day, uh, go check out the Yee Yee Podcast that episode released on Wednesday and we do them every Wednesday. So you can listen to this every Monday and yee yee every Wednesday. Love you guys. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.